0: to Turn-Based Besties, a podcast where two grown adults with no free time talk about their favorite RPGs. I'm DJ.
1: And I'm Sam, and we're besties that love to game.
0: Yeah, we do. Sam and I were both just on vacation, sadly not vacation together I know it's okay one of these days one of these days we'll live out our dreams of yeah we've
1: never been on vacations together no shut
0: up no I mean we have been on vacations together with our group of friends that we lovingly call framily but you and I have also always talked about wanting to take a vacation to like the woods or like the mountains Mm -hmm. and rent a cabin and just like the two of us and like we'll play video games all weekend (laughs) (laughs)
1: well recall so yeah we do that we go outside oh yeah yeah like walk around and enjoy that's why we're in a cabin and then we don't feel guilty about playing video games like the rest of the time
0: yeah 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 yeah. like we'll walk outside to be like look we were outside and then we'll walk immediately back in to play video games all weekend
1: wow these trees look a lot like the trees in the game we're playing i want to go play that game i want to go play that (laughs) game.
0: (laughs) nice Uh,
1: but who am i they probably wouldn't look like the trees in the game you're playing because you'd be playing an old school 16-bit
0: if if the trees look like the games I'm, i'd be like wow these trees out here look so pixelated and 16-bit
1: <laughs> amazing what is going on Uh-oh. Uh but well one day that trip will happen you know that'll definitely happen it's not lofty it's not a lofty goal no
0: i mean we could just
1: do it i mean we
0: could do it in a couple weekends if we wanted to but we are busy and have like families and stuff
1: That's the kicker. I know. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But we did go on separate vacations. Yeah. How was your vacation? So my family, again, being a father of two with a wonderful wife, we went to Disney for the first time with the kiddos. So again, kiddos are five and two. And we took them to Disney, as they call it. They add an extra syllable, disney Oh, Disney. Um, it's Disney. But no, it was great. It was really good. You know, there's a lot of stressful things to a Disney vacation. Um, scheduling when you go to which park and how you're going to go on each ride. Because you have to get the... you If you want to go on more rides, you probably have to get the Genie Plus Pass. And then there's uh, individual lightning. Lane. Light. There's so many different things to it. It's complicated. So that's stressful. Um, but... It was I would say I was impressed by I, I was I didn't go into high expectations because I thought it would be stressful and, and whatever else I didn't. And I always I don't I always want to kind of undercut my expectations, but I would say I was very pleasantly surprised by how fun it was, especially for the kids, you know, they just 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 even seeing the characters and getting to go hug them uh getting to walk around the park and see characters and see the big rides it was just you know gushing with joy here and there and and we'll see what they recall and remember but at the time at the moment they absolutely loved it uh and in the five year old will likely remember a lot of these things so that was good that was real good yay Yeah. Yeah. So better than expected as far as I just thought there'd be a lot more stressors and everything. And the kids did great. And there were fewer stressors than expected. So that was good. There were some funny things and some good things. Um, You know, uh, we did find out we knew this somewhat. We did find out uh, in loves roller coasters. Um, You know, she's all about that life, which is great. Her friend that we went with that's about her age. Not so much she does not like roller coasters stressful things whatever else so uh we did get to take in on one of the roller coasters it's the slinky dog from toy story roller coaster she had a blast she was screaming and she, at one point she says oh my gosh my tummy hurts so bad i was like oh no really she goes no it's a good thing <laughs> and <laughs> i guess it was that you know feeling of your stomach going up into your chest and she liked that however that same excitement is a little maniacal when we were on the plane ride on the way home. And there was a lot of turbulence. I I mean, a lot of turbulence and people were gasping and scared and in is cackling and laughing saying, this is so fun (laughs) on the airplane. (laughs) So, so anyway, so there's that whole thing. Um, We'll see how that goes but but no they loved it every every Disney character every everything which is great um yeah there will be there were other funny things that I jotted down if we want to talk about the 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 daddy can you can you tell me everything's about and those kind of things but um if you want to enlighten us about your vacation and then I can go into maybe some other funny kid stuff um yeah <laughs> like that.
0: well well we we've started our segment of daddy can you tell me so after my after I briefly tell you about our vacation, you know the the fans want to know.
1: Enlighten I, me on what a non Disney vacay was like.
0: Um, it was pretty great. We we took a small little weekend trip down to
1: Cancun.
0: Uh, neither of us have ever been to Mexico before, so we went to an all expenses not all expenses what do you call it all inclusive yeah no expenses were paid we paid them all um but (laughs) all-inclusive resort uh just for adults and it was really pretty cool Uh, every there was no need for us to ever leave the resort and it was our first time in mexico so we thought maybe we'll just stay at the resort and see what it's all about so we we went to every restaurant there which was pretty exciting you know that um our love language is food so it was pretty pretty (laughs) cool to eat different different mexican versions of food and what i mean by that is there was a japanese restaurant but you know it's like through like the mexican lens and then there was an italian restaurant and a french restaurant and then a the traditional mexican restaurant there was another one that was just like a buffet that kind of just had something from the other four restaurants as well <laughs> you know uh, so it was pretty fun we did a couple's massage we'd also never had massages before i also can't say the word um which was which was romantic and fun i texted you about our cre- our crepe night where we had romantic crepes, which was very fun, and I won't go into any further detail with that. <laughs> yeah, um, and we then laid on the beach one day under um, a, a little cabana for about eight hours. So we were in the shade the entire time, and everyone else was like rocking these like sweet beach bods, and like we looked pretty good, but we were basically just drinking champagne reading books and eating nachos and burgers on the beach like we literally ordered nachos and then we were like we're still hungry can we each order a burger so i wouldn't expect any less i know so um that was our little weekend down to mexico very fun got to read some of my YA young adult adventure books. So uh, I had a really good time, and so did my husband.
1: That sounds exquisite. That's great. I'm really, really happy for y'all. And you know, you really leaned into the complete opposite of what we did because not only did you just go somewhere, you said, No kids resort. (laughs) Yeah, we were
0: like, um, Remember how we like to take ice cream cakes from kids? We were like, We can't. (laughs) <laughs> we, that's a callback for our listeners. Uh, we were like, so cool. We can't be in any place with children. So only adults. And we were also probably the youngest people at the result at, at the resort.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At I... the, at, at the very end when we were leaving, they were like, Hey, so we have other properties in Cancun. If you want to come back, we probably have one that has a younger population. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, let me stop you right there no, 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 we don't want younger people at all. We're cool being with the calmer, older resort. Thank you so much. And they're like, well, you look like you're in your 20s. And I said, thanks, I'm not at all. That was nice of them. Very nice of them. Really buttering y'all up. I know, they're like, give us your money. And I'm like, I'm gonna gonna give you my money, I am. But we want to stay here at the quiet resort. Thank you.
1: So that resort didn't have, in addition to all the restaurants, it didn't have a nightclub or anything else like that. It, it had a it, night and that night bingo club. You know, at
0: nighttime, they had a circus. And then they had a fire show. Yeah, like, I'm not circus? joking. Yeah, they had a circus on the third floor. And then they had a fire show Sunday night out by one of the pools. Like, there was some fun stuff happening. Cool. Yeah. But there was no nightclub that you have to leave the resort for that.
1: Okay, well... That sounds great. I'm so happy for you all, and um, that's awesome. And again, one day, we'll do our other vacation ideas together that time, maybe. Yeah. But um, for the – oh, so for the Daddy Tell Me Everything segment, this one was – we were driving, and in says, Daddy, tell me everything you know about elevators. What makes them go up and down? And so I I was explaining some of those things, and Jay – Again, the two-year-old, he's been having issues when he's not involved and wants to be involved in the conversation. So he's been interjecting commonly. Um, while I'm trying to talk to N about elevators, Jay is just going, Daddy, 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 I saw a dog today. Straight up, Buddy the Elf, I saw a dog today. And it was fantastic. and he And he was just so happy. To tell me that in the middle of our story, so that that he could partake in the conversation, so that was that was pretty good, pretty good. Um, the other real quick Jay interjection <laughs> would be when we were at Animal Kingdom at Disney. So I'll, I'll marry the two here when we were at Disney. Also, when we were at Animal Kingdom, we were going on the safari. So you should see safari animals. So in you know asks, will there be any cats or maybe turtles? On this safari daddy and without skipping a beat jay chimes in what about crabs
0: <laughs> what about so, crabs uh,
1: there were no crabs it was safari animals no no crabs anyway so uh that is the last bit that i will bring up my children at the moment but lots of fun was had by all and lots of funny comments by, by them.
0: Good. Yay. It's nice to go on vacation as adults.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Speaking Mm. of vacation, just kidding. Um, the first time I played, I know, right. (laughs) Our segues are pretty awesome. The first time I played the game that we're going to discuss here, I was taking a small vacation in, um, our spare bedroom because I was sick. So I was um, isolated away for a couple days. So I did not get the rest of my family, my husband and dog sick. And the game we are discussing today is in my, it's in my list of, I think, top 20 games I've played. And we are discussing alive and sam calls the game live alive and a lot of people do
1: i'm so sorry i'm wrong
0: no it's okay you are wrong though (laughs) (laughs) actually i mean i don't know if you are i i went uh, i did some like deep dive and nintendo direct official announcement back in 2022 on youtube they pronounce it live alive so rhymes with dive a dive or chive or hive or clive.
1: I think I think you're right too, when I was looking up things as well. I think I am wrong.
0: Oh, good, I love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're discussing Live Alive, a JRPG today. It was originally released on the Super Famicom in Japan in 1994. For those who are not familiar, that is the SNES, but the Japanese version. The developer and publisher of Live Alive is Square, lovingly known for games such as Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger. Interestingly enough, it was directed by Takashi Tokita in his directorial debut. And while this game at the time did not exactly set the world on fire, it sold fewer than three hundred thousand copies, which folks considered a commercial failure. I I thought that seems like a lot of copies to sell but I guess it wasn't. Tokito would go on to direct Chrono Trigger and one of my favorite games Parasite Eve, both games I think we should cover at some point. I actually think I have Parasite Eve on our schedule for the end of 2024, so I'm going to make okay. you, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you play that one. Uh, he was also the lead designer for Final Fantasy IV. So The remake, then, was released in 2022 for the Switch, and in 2023 it was released for PS4, PS5, and Steam slash Windows. Like many folks, and I think you're in the same boat, Sam, I'd never heard of this game until it was announced by Nintendo Direct.
1: Never, yeah.
0: I think a reason for that is because it was never released outside of Japan. It had an unofficial English translation. Like the like some like a lot of old Super Famicom games did, like God that we discussed a couple episodes ago. Uh, the graphics in the old game they look okay for such an old game, but the color palette is atrocious, especially in the battles. It, it's it's drab and gross looking. So mm. I'm really happy that they they made the the remake so bright and, and vibrant.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the visuals would probably be the most striking change to the remake, I would say, you know, but there are several changes to the remake. So the visuals are the 2D HT upgrade in the vein of Octopath, Traveler 1 and 2, and um, so many of the other games that we see, Triangle Strategy, those kind of things. And and yeah, it's definitely a lot brighter. And And I like how the color palette is... Different for various aspects, it's that kind of deep purple. In Japan, there's just, there's just bright, a lot more bright accents, I would say. Um, and then just like those other games, it has wonderful attack animations and fancy particle effects and lighting with shadows. And, and it, it really is vibrant now, I would say. And so, so the visuals are the most striking update. Other things that were changed um, would be the music and the score, and you'll talk about that later on. But it's been updated and rearranged. There's now full voice acting in all cutscenes and battles as well. Uh, there's new hand drawn character artwork, and then a small thing is that there's not exactly a mini map, but kind of like a uh, an indicator in the corner where it'll show you potentially the next point that you're walking towards or heading towards, and that helps. Uh, I think considerably, it's not as good as a map or a mini map, but it's, it's helpful. And and that's a good updated um, quality of life.
0: You and I both love a map or a mini map and a game. And a lot of these old games just like, they kind of just left you hanging. They just said, cool. Guess you either have, you have to use a guide or you have to just wander around until you get lucky. So it was nice that there was at least an indicator on where to go
1: next uh yes so um getting into the game itself and kind of the gameplay aspects so there's a lot of characters in the game um there there are i know i was like i don't want to yeah, say I was counting we... them out i was like oh shoot i should know exactly the number anyway there... i think there's i believe there's eight characters right uh eight eight main initial characters you can you can choose between and each one has its own Storyline, its own story path. Each segment um, will initially take thirty minutes to three hours ish, somewhere in that range, um, and they're it's their own encompassed small story, and um, and that's that's great. And each one um, has some shared aspects, but also its own mechanics. So you might have, and they're also uh, separated by by time. So not only different spatially but they're separated by time you go from prehistory all the way to the far future and everywhere in between so uh different aspects or different um parts uh, to each story the far future is kind of a sci-fi horror and there's very limited battling that one's creepy but very cool um, there's a present-day one that's more like Street Fighter style, uh, just battling all the way through. You have a- Ancient Japan where it's stealth and infiltration. So there's all these different aspects. When we, when we bring up each of the characters, we can go a little bit more into that. But the variety is, is um, really something that is a highlight, I would say. Um, I each one is so varied and different despite the similarities. That you really want to jump into the next one. You're, you're intrigued by the fir- by the last one, and and you want to go to the next one. Um, and that that bite size aspect really appeals to me too. You know, um, my play style for games being able to play thirty minutes to a couple hours and finish each chapter of something is 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 really really fits with what I can do and what I like to do. Uh, that's another reason I like Octopath Traveler so much, as you have chapters for each each um, storyline. So this is somewhat somewhat similar to that. So anyway, other gameplay aspects, um, the parts that are conserved uh, segments between all of the character storylines would be the turn-based battle system, which is rather unique. So it is a turn-based battle system, but it is done on a 7 by 7 uh, isometric grid. So you you move your characters and the bad guys are within that grid system as well. And uh, when you can attack is, is turn-based and it's based on... Uh, your character's speed, but also uh, the, the attack that you're going to utilize. Certain attacks are quicker, and certain attacks might take several turns or longer, kind of, to, to initiate. Uh, when you're moving around, you'll see the charge meter above each, each character uh, start to, to grow there. So if you're trying to move around a bad, a bad guy or move away from them, you'll see their charge meter extend until they can have an action. Um, so it's it's rather turn based, but it's not just you go, I go, you go, I go. It's based off your character movement and also which action or ability you're trying to use and how long that takes to cast or or, or perform. Um, so the grid, you know, I'd say it's it's so it's 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 much smaller than something like a strategy RPG like a Fire Emblem or a Final Fantasy Tactics or a Tactics Over. It's not like that. And there's no real terrain. There's not elevation. There's not terrain in the way. It's just seven by seven. Mm-hmm. And then quite honestly, I would say the most similar game that I've played like this would be um, the second RPG that the creators of South Park made, the South Park, uh, the Fractured Butthole Whole uh, game. That was uh, <laughs> the clever name they came up with for that one. But that one is actually a, I think it's four by seven grid um and that you're moving along and so it's very similar you're 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 uh, um, casting spells and things and moving on a grid with bad guys there so that's the only one that i've played that's rather similar but so that shows it's a very unique um or there are some unique aspects to the turn-based battle system there um so attacks and abilities uh there's no mana no mp it's all kind of that time base so it's it's how long does it take for you to cast it uh, or to perform it. Uh, and if it's a more powerful attack, it generally takes longer. Uh, and then the range or how you attack is specific to that ability or attack. Sometimes they're very simple. It's just kind of a plus, you know, right adjacent to you spot um, above you, below you or whatever. So you have to position yourself so that the person you're trying to attack is above you, right above you, right to the side, right behind you. But then it gets rather complex. You might only be able to attack Two spots up and two spots over diagonally in all the corners, or or you know the this the grids for your attack patterns are extremely varied, um, which is which is cool. It allows you to to really have some some rather customizable move sets and ways to attack the bad guys, which I liked. Um, normal things like resistances. And vulnerabilities to different attacks, if they're fire, you know, wind, I, you know, the, all those things exist in this game. And then there's a lot of different uh, status effects, to paralysis, sleep, poison, petrification, those kind of things. Um, let's see. There are most of the segments do not have random battles. Most of the segments have enemies on the screen that you can see. That's However. True later on in the game it is it does jump back into the classic trope of random battles so be aware
0: and we can't say anything there i don't want to give away too many spoilers you know what i mean
1: i don't i don't yeah i don't want to either because it's it's a, a game that we are highly recommending and it is a game that's rather short compared to most games that we'll probably recommend oh yeah um so you would get to the spoilery parts quicker than in other games
0: yeah oh oh I just love it you're right
1: um I, difficulty wise I'd say it's overall rather low but if you don't pay attention you can get wiped out you can yep. definitely get wiped out um one yeah I think the wild Wests. I, I had a little bit of trouble at the end because I just I don't is that spoilery to talk about the traps and the other things so so oh, no. in the wild west one you have to build traps and you take out some of the bad guys I don't think I Spent enough time as I maybe should have to effectively place the traps, and so when it came down to fighting the final battle, there was a lot more. Um, there were a lot more individuals I was fighting against than I could have otherwise been been fighting. And uh, let's see here. You level up, and that gets you the the same kind of normal level up system. You'll get increases to your stats, um, but you do get new abilities and and uh, attacks based on your leveling up. And you get them very often. So you'll get a new attack like every one or two levels commonly. So by the end, each character has a dozen different attacks or something, you know, 10 to 12, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't have to move one in and take another one out. You'll have access to 12 attacks, you know, by the end for each character, which was awesome. Um, And then so customizability, the varied number of characters, the varied attack patterns that you have, and the varied and and each character having you know ten or twelve different attacks, that's where the customizability comes from, you know, and and, and that's a lot, you know, and you get yeah. to pick which characters want you want to be well, yeah, you get to pick which one you're playing with, whatever else, um, but there's not a whole lot of equipment customizability or. You know, I want this ability attached to this character. Um, you know, you, you get few, you get a weapon and a little bit of armor, and but not a whole lot of things you can customize there. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think the customized ability in the, like I said, attack patterns, characters, uh, and number of abilities and attacks per character makes it more than more than enough uh, to really to really have to think about each battle, and you can have a a pretty unique play style if you want to.
0: I think so. You know, before I get to the the character section, because this game is so character driven that we're going to devote a little section to speaking just about the characters. What do you think about the, without getting into spoilers here, the replayability of the game? I know I didn't ask you to prepare this, so I'm just asking you off the cuff.
1: You know, well, so you're somebody that's played it multiple times. I'm Twice, somebody. Yeah. That has not, but I also am not somebody that replays games very often. Um, so I, I don't find myself, I, I, I see the draw for replayability um, for a number of reasons. There are certain, for certain um, paths, you know, as we'll talk about, when we talk about the characters, there are several ways you can play each chapter. So that adds a lot of replayability. Um, each character uh, yeah, you could devote more or less time. You could do, there's some super kind of bosses too, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's one in the prehistory and two in oh, the, it's so hard. Japan. It's so yeah. hard
0: in prehistory.
1: Yeah. Yes. 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 I had an interesting strategy that I went back and was looking through our text chain to remember things that we had talked about when we were playing this. <laughs> and it reminded me of my odd strategy when I played that, that see, we, we could talk about that if we want to, but, Shoot. um, the but yeah so so there's definitely some points of that make it uh, more fun to replay and then I would say yeah some of the spoiler aspects would absolutely make it more fun to replay you know yeah. the the how you could switch things around kind of in game wise
0: yeah, yeah yeah I just I was thinking that I was like yeah I, I wonder how replayable it is because I would be more likely to replay it than than you would be but I think what makes me want to replay it for a third time even is the fact that it doesn't um, abuse my time you know i get done in 20 to 25 hours and i feel like it has not um yeah abused my time (laughs) basically like like another game you and i are both playing right now that we'll talk about at the end of the episode yeah uh so let's talk quickly about some of the characters so I'll try to not spoil anything. I do think we have to mention make a mention of the villain, at least,
1: right? I, I think so. I think any, yeah, yeah, I don't think it. I think it's pretty obvious when you get to kind of by the time you've gotten through by the time you get the there chapters. yeah, I think yeah, so yeah. too.
0: so the the villain will just go with the name Odio, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, which uh, means hate in latin though dio uh means god in italian so some people could say that this means hate god or the god of hate which i thought was i actually not had not put the italian one uh together until i did a little bit of research so i think that's pretty cool so i'll go through in kind of chronological order but you can play the characters in any order you can you do not have to play them in in, a timed order, which I also think adds just some nice customizability to the game. So first there's Pogo in Prehistory, good old poop throwing Pogo. Very interesting scenario because there's hardly any speech. And Pogo uses his sense of smell to help to discover items or enemies in the field. He's mostly a fighter with a few fire and wind powers. He has um, his girlfriend at one point and a big ape are party members for him, which is very cute. There is the Shifu, or the Earthen Heart Master, in Imperial China. And that 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 one is unique because the Shifu doesn't level up. And then his you you pick up three different disciples, Hong, Yun, and uh, Lei Kugo, I hope I'm saying those correctly. And then something happens in the scenario where you end up with just one of the disciples. I picked Lei, both times I played, mostly because I I just wanted to make sure I had a single woman in my team somewhere along the lines. She was also my main in the final chapter. She's based off, off of Bruce Lee, her last name, Lee Bruce Lee and also a character from Sun Wukong in the story Journey to the West, which was written in the 16th century. She has a super high speed of everyone in the Imperial China chapter. I think she has the highest speed, but is pretty balanced. Otherwise, she's mostly a striker. We then go to the Twilight of Edo, Japan, and Oboromaru, Maru, who I'm going to call Oboro from now on, this scenario, I feel like, has the most variability. And Sam, you might be able to speak to this as well. You go through the scenario, and you can kill nobody, you can kill everybody, or you can just, you know, kill who you want. Um, I just kind of killed who I want, who, who I wanted to. Did you, did you go like a zero kill or a one hundred percent kill?
1: I did not try a zero kill. Um, that seemed too tedious when I was reading about it. I did. I kind of did an everybody kill for experience, points, and leveling stuff.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Each uh, each gets you slightly a different ending, and I think depending on what you do, you can get different items in the Edo Japan era, depending on what you do. He's a striker with a few fire and ice-based spells. He also has this unique ability to be stealthy, and which in turn helps him hide for most battles. If you want to hide, it looks like he just um, he pulls up what looks like an invisible blanket. I, I'm describing it to be cuter than it probably is, but I always just kind of chuckled when he did his stealth mode.
1: I thought it was cute. I wonder now. I never looked back at what the prior to remake. How did that look on the on oh, those I graphics?
0: I don't know. I'll have to go back and look.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, have to go back and look.
0: I hope it's cute still. Then there is the Wild West that is the sundown kid, who I think he only says maybe two things the protagonist does in the Wild West. He doesn't say a lot, I don't believe. Uh, Another very obvious inspiration is Clint Eastwood in Western films. Sundown Kid is your long-range attacker of the group. He's also called a Glass Cannon because Baby Boy has some low HP, unfortunately. So you want to keep him in the far back. There is then uh, Masaru Takahara in the present day. Masaru is quite literally Ryu from the Street Fighter series. And the scenario is so unique. It plays out just like Street Fighter which means um, it's the super fastest scenario. I think you can finish it in like 30 minutes if you really rush all the way through. He learns his moves by getting hit by other enemies, and then he learns those moves, which basically makes him the blue mage of the group. Um, he's mostly a striker fighter, though he can self-heal. And there's great reason for him to self-heal once you play his, uh, his scenario, you understand why he would have a power like that. There is Akira in the Near Future, Teenage Punk with Telekinetic Powers. Uh, basically, mind reading and teleportation. I really like this one a lot. I think he was maybe one of my favorites, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, this is Tetsuo from the anime Akira, which is also a cyberpunk film. Uh, Tetsuo also has telekinetic powers, and also rides a motorcycle. Like, this is straight up the character from Akira, and they named him Akira. It's kind of wild. <laughs> uh Akira's essentially your mage character who can heal and perform some offensive magic and can do a lot of status impacting magic like sleep or fear or confuse. People online really seem to hate him and I don't really understand. I know, I, I don't get it either. They They're like, he's weak at healing. And I'm like, yeah, he's not the best healer, but he's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, was he a lot worse before the remake, maybe? Maybe in the original he was worse. That's
0: something. what Reddit said. Reddit said that he was a lot worse in the old version, but I I've seen just as many people hate on him in the remake, so yeah. I don't know. I liked him. I liked him too. And then there's Cube. Cute little Cube in the distant future. The cutest little robot that ever did exist. Cube uh has the uh offensive sphere. Cube the sphere. Ad- cube the spe- <laughs> I know, he's a sphere, but they named him Cube. It's very cute. Um, He has um, offensive attacks like shooting a chicken or shooting goldfish at the enemies. He's basically, though, your best healer in the game if you play him correctly. His scenario has very few battles. In fact, I think you can get through the entire scenario with just the battle at the end, I think. It's been a while since I've played it. This is an obvious inspiration from Ridley Scott's Alien, though his name Cube is directly inspired by director Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) I will not spoil anything. I will say there is another chapter. Actually, there are two more chapters. As soon as you finish the main seven protagonists, other things open up. So it's important that... You
1: play all seven protagonists. I'll just say that. Absolutely. Or, yeah, so there's are set, yeah. Yeah. Do, so do we talk about what we wrote in the next thing? Um, I think the, we do. Kind of...
0: I think we do. I think we just say here's where, you know what? F it. Yeah, so here's where it gets spoilery. So if you don't yeah, want to okay. know, spoilers. know yeah. spoilers for the game, stop listening now. And maybe I can... Like, do an over a voiceover and be like, scrub to this part in the podcast to get past the spoilers. But I actually probably won't do that. So forget that I said that. It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like too much work. So there's the eighth chapter. Is it Oristed? Is that how we say his name? Uh,
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's in the Middle Ages. This is your classic Final Fantasy type scenario, complete with random encounters. So for those out there who hate random encounters, sorry, they're back again. Scenario only opens up once you have completed the other seven chapters. It basically acts as an origin story, and I won't say any more after that. I'll leave some stuff to to, uh, to playing it. And we have this reoccurring villain in all the other periods. And then after you beat chapter eight, there's a final chapter that sees the other protagonists scattered from all their other worlds and brought back into one person's world. Gee, which one? Which ones could it be? Who knows? Um, to assemble your team and to defeat the God of Hate once and for all. Ooh. All right, so Sam what's your favorite character who's your least favorite character and why and also who did you pick as your disciple
1: so you sent this prompt for this episode on who our favorite was and I was trying to think through it and I was jumping all around and, and you know what that made me realize is they do a darn good job of all the characters I think are very likable i think so too you know you 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 really like them all so i so so yeah i mean i guess I might even change now what I had said before in the thing, but but maybe Cube is my favorite. I mean, like you said, he's so cute. I love sci-fi stuff, so I've got, you know, a um, extra wrinkle right there that, that tugs at my heartstrings. Oh. And uh, and then he's he's got the healer abilities, but he's got other really strong abilities too, you know. And and he can attack, he can attack at, at range and it's rather powerful and he he can apply different weaknesses, but he's got a bunch that he can do that I, I like from a mechanic standpoint. Um, so so maybe he was my favorite. I, yeah. I, I, I really liked him. I, I liked the chapter the wild west chapter so much the sundown kid is up there too just from a uh, how much fun that one was uh least favorite i guess i guess i would say um masura because he is he would be the more forgettable you know you just fight 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 you're only in that one for 30 minutes or an hour or something and i don't know if there's as much character development you know in a few hours you can only have so much character development but they honestly do a a decent amount of it in the other chapters you know you grow to you grow to learn more about each of the characters and so maybe in that one there's not as much growth so so maybe he is my least favorite then um yeah did i answer the questions who you was well, your favorite and least favorite
0: wait but hold on i want to ask you another question though who was your final um this is totally spoilery so you know look out who was in your final party
1: so my final, my final primary was cube mm-hmm. uh, because of kind of like what I said, he'd be the best healer. He's got some range attacks. He's got some ability for large AOE and stuff like that. That's good for small minions. in addition to the, the bigger guys, which I liked uh, Pogo was up there. I mean, so I think I kind of feel like if you want to mid max things and whatever, you have to go with Pogo. He is just so physically brutal, like his physical attacks especially the ultimate, if you have his strongest weapon, just one shots, like, it's it's ridiculous. I know. Um, so you have to have Pogo, I feel like, to deal, if okay, you don't have to, there's many ways to play this game. But to, if you want the one person that deals the most damage and it's kind of OP at times, Pogo's on your team. So Pogo, Pogo was there. Yeah. Um, I did Akira also. Um, so, you know, it's funny, I went back in, and played today. And that's how I, and I, I played a little bit on the final chapter with my team again, to kind of see how it goes and, and and what I liked about everybody. Um, so Akira. Yeah. I mean, Akira has got multiple different uh, elements. And so I, I could see from my team composition and this is very me that I would try to have, a variety of elements so that i would always have somebody that could attack different weaknesses on different bad guys and those kind of things uh he can attack from distance he has some healing and then he had some good debuffs too uh so rather balanced i like to a lot and then um oboru also um i had him too i think he's got pretty good damage output also kind of attacks at range too pretty well so so yeah, and, and sorry, and has elemental attacks too. Mm-hmm. I think it's fire and ice or something like that for him. So so yeah, that's kind of the way I set up my party of four. What did you do? Nice. Um, my
0: So I played it t- twice. The first time I had, I used Lei Kugo. She was my primary. And then I took on Oboru, Pogo, and Cube. And I got to tell you, I think I did not... I didn't use cube and Oboro properly or how they probably were intended to be used because I found the last boss battle to be really challenging, like, and, and like between Pogo and Lake Hugo, like they they both hit hard, you know, and Oboro kind of does too, but I, I kind of (laughs) sucked at it a little bit. I, like, Are you a, saying it, it was
1: harder the first time and easier with the second party composition? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. My, my,
0: my second party composition was, again, I used Le Kugo because I just think she's cool, and then Pogo, and then Sundown Kid, and Akira. And I actually had an easier time with a glass cannon and the secondary healer. Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's because I also had played the game a second time. I kind of knew how to how to work at that time
1: or maybe that's a better composition or maybe you just found a better better moves to use something that worked for me
0: you know um so yeah i i think my i don't know i also love cube he's so cute i think i think because of the cyberpunk anime mecha style really spoke to me i think Akira is maybe my favorite scenario to play through. He's at least my favorite scenario to play through for sure. Because that friggin' cutscene at the beginning of his scenario that shows like the mecha like anima do you do you remember? Like shows like the big machine. I'll have to send it to you. It's really Coming out of the water or something. Is it that one? I'm trying to remember. After about no. the first ten minutes of his scenario it, it has this jarring cut So it's like It's the opening Of a Japanese television show Oh
1: yeah 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 No I'm Yeah <laughs>
0: And you're like You're not expecting it And you're like What the hell is going on This is so cool
1: In long Forgotten place By Melodian. The king was with seal, And the To
0: So I think I think Akira, just because I, re- I really like the, the cyberpunk style, but Cube has my heart forever and ever. And I'm like you. Like, all the characters were good, but I think my least favorite was Masura, just because, you know, it was basically a guy who was playing Street Fighter two for about an hour, and then I didn't really see him again until the final scenario. So...
1: Yeah, unfortunately. But... But having but that's the thing though maybe he was the least strong character but maybe. having his segment was i wouldn't ever want to get rid of it i, oh, I liked no. that you know it, it was a total change of pace it was a quick one it was it was it was what i wanted and needed in that chapter yeah uh, so i would never change it but it just led to less character development
0: yeah you know it just it it, it served its purpose but unfortunately i think that's all it did it served its purpose yeah gave it gave us a seven scenario it gave us our blue mage in the form of a fighter which was kind of unique which is cool and that's about it um so i was thinking about this and i have seen folks ask this question on reddit too so i'm not unique in asking it but you know are oh, you so unique i so unique if a sequel came out sam what time periods and or types of characters would you like to see
1: this is a good question though so wherever you found it i think it's a good question um i like sci-fi stuff so much that i did my mind went there first i think a a future person with other future tech or maybe even a future alien race maybe the human race interacts with some aliens and you get an alien from the future that um comes back or or is involved that would be cool um it seems like it could have been part of this one but maybe like a viking um somebody from uh you know norse mythology those kind of things i feel like that's pretty close to what could have happened here that would have fit you know they had um um yeah so that one would have been a good one or alternatively if they redid the game i think in addition to maybe those uh, genres a some areas that would be lacking would be again i don't have a a very good knowledge of the historical time periods in these continents and countries, but I think that South America, Africa, you know, the Indian subcontinent, Australia, those places are largely missing. It's mostly the United States, Japan, China, and this one, right? So, so looking at the ancient histories of these other cultures would be really cool. So that's where my jump, my mind jumped to.
0: That's really, I mean, I really like that idea of other cultures outside. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It's, it's very much china japan and the u.s Mm -hmm. i think that's it
1: yeah i mean that's yeah yeah
0: yeah so it'd be kind of cool to see other cultures brought into it and if a sequel were to ever come out um i think it'd be really cool to have like a survivor survival horror chapter in the modern day where maybe it's on like a university and it's some stupid college kids who like summon a demon and it could be like the Shifu, like the, the 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 chapter where you get to pick the three disciples. Except for this, you get to pick like your final girl to be your protagonist for Ooh. the chapter. Like I think it could be kind of cool. And so if, the
1: Shifu is the demon, or the no, Shifu is
0: no, it would it would just be similar to the Shifu chapter in that you ultimately get to pick one of your final girls. Not that the Shifu is the demon or anything. I'm just using that yeah. that that chapter yeah, yeah. as like an example. I just That'd think it'd be, be, cool. be kind of cool. Also, because I guess I'm like your daughter, what if a character was a dog or a cat? But like a futuristic dog or cat that has a device they're wearing so they can understand human language and that they can communicate with human language. So it'd be, it'd be like distant, far distant future.
1: I, I think that one would be very popular.
0: I think it'd be fun. I mean, if you can have a cute little good boy like Cube, why couldn't you have a cute little good doggy boy or kitty boy or kitty girl? I don't know.
1: Love it, love it. Thanks. Would be very fun. So I. So next time they they remake it, they'll, they'll or do they do a second one? Let's do a second one. Let's do a sequel. Yeah, a sequel. That's what they should do. But for the current one, let us let us know, DJ, with your knowledge of music, uh, a little bit more about the musical arrangements in. Uh, this remake the music slaps it's so good it's really it's really quite good I, I have
0: this like 30 seconds about this so yay another female musical composer I think this is the second one we've talked about in our four episodes which is pretty pretty freaking cool Yoko Shimomura is the composer for Live Alive So being a female composer in the video game industry today is still not a super duper common thing. So Yoko started to create her legacy as a video game composer all the way back in 1988, which is pretty baller, like a baller move by her. She composed the music for Final Fight and Street Fighter II when she originally worked for Capcom. Like right out of college, she got a job composing for games at Capcom pretty awesome Boom. yeah uh, then she joined square now lovingly known as square enix for her very first project there live alive she then worked on music in other rpgs such as parasite eve we're definitely gonna play it super mario rpg legend of mana final fantasy 15 the bro chronicles um <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> uh, xenoblade chronicles also Though her best known work is probably the Kingdom Hearts series. This is which she did I think she did all of the Kingdom Hearts series music. So she has just created oh, wow. this awesome legacy for for anybody, but the fact that she gets to kind of lift up other female composers in the in the genre and say, like, you can do this too, man I just think is really, really cool.
1: music's so good you know so i went back and listened to spotify playlist of all the music Mm -hmm. when we were preparing for this and i've got to say it had been two years since i played it so you know off the top of my head i was having a hard time when i was for i was like i know it was so good and i was having a hard time remembering the exact tracks but right when i started listening to it you'd get you know a few notes in and you and i'd be humming the rest of it i would you know that's how good they are because you're also not spending that much time, as we mentioned, in each chapter. And there's a that's lot true. of short tracks. Each track feels like it's a short one, um, and and you maybe you're in that tr- for like an hour or two, and that's all that you really heard that track. And two years later, I can hum the rest of it and I remember the rest of it, and it kind of takes you back to where you were in in that chapter. So so I think that speaks to the quality.
0: It is. It speaks to her uh, knowing various different genres of music but also knowing different cultural aspects of music too because like Cube's scenario sounds like it's straight up you know a 2001 space odyssey or aliens it has that low hum absolutely where, where it's it's this constant creep that's that's happening whereas in the wild west you have the the whistling the little motion. That's not how it goes, but you have that like little whistling. And at least here in the States, once you hear that, we instantly think of the planes and a tumbleweed oh, absolutely. Going, going by and she captures that in like, four pitches. It's, oh, it's, yep. it's so brilliant of her that I think because it's her culture, she obviously captures like the, the, the Japan, the Edo, Twilight, Twilight Edo era quite well. I yeah it's it's just each culture that is represented in live alive their music is represented as well like really really well
1: yeah I I feel like that should be a daunting task to say okay we're gonna have all these different settings all these different time frames all these different characters now give us a score maybe that was exciting to her because she's so good but but man just knocked it out of the park so. I mean totally
0: knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, very very good. Um I will say um oh, I will I will bring up the do we want to talk about the super boss way that I think that I was going to talk about for the man, the the big Wooly Mammoth dude or not? is that is that we're just spoiling everything.
0: You're just going to spoil it. So spoil away, Wooly Mammoth. Well, that's what well I call you, you anyway.
1: There you go. Yeah. Uh because of my because of my long locks. <laughs> um, but uh It was, I was looking back at our text conversation when we were playing this and, you know, you were able to beat that super boss effectively. It sounds like through normal means. And I looked at what I did and apparently I just poisoned it by throwing poop and then ran away from it the whole time. Cause every time I got right up next to it, it would one shot me. So my strategy was just poison it and run away. And apparently it worked. It just took forever um but anyway yeah so but speaking well, but, but that made but, me think but sam
0: what's the difference between poison and venom
1: oh segway oh. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so it made me think about the poisoning and quite honestly what it made me think about is poisoning in RPGs in J- in any kind of RPGs very common status effect that happens and i very much dislike it for a number of reasons you you are going to start losing hp Sometimes it it still attacks you outside of the battle in certain games. You still Hate get, that. and the probably the worst part I gotta it, it I have to spend my money not on better items or armor. I have to buy a special medicine just in case some jerk bad guy poisons me, and so I I dislike the poisoned effect when it's against me. But it made me think about, Hey, this happens all the time in games. How, you know, what happens in the real world? And then it also made me think, wait, are we, are we envenomating something? Are we poisoning them? What's the difference there? What's going on? So I did look up a couple things there. Um, so largely, you know, if we want to talk about poisoning or venom, both of them are toxins, both of them are going to damage tissues, damage an organism's health or kill them. Uh, and they can uh, but but the thing is it's kind of is it, is it passive or is it active and only really in medical and biological fields may they try to make this distinction sounds like it's a lot of semantics sounds like there's not a whole lot of a agree- of agreement the in general would be some people like to say that a venom has to be injected or actively or or like a bite or a sting or an injection so think uh think of snakes think of jellyfish think of uh um let's see, what else did I write down? Scorpions with this thing, <laughs> bees, wasps. So so all those would technically have more of what you might call a venom. Some people might call that. And then poisons are more passive. So, so maybe they secrete it in their skin. So if they're eaten, they're, it, then they might be spit right back out. It, it, or, you know, so pufferfish have that, certain amphibians like frogs, um, stonefish. So there's other things like that. It's more passive. But it doesn't always work that way. So some some uh, ex- examples of exceptions that I thought were pretty interesting would be spitting snakes. You have a spitting cobra, so it's got venom, right? You think, oh, it's venom. They, it's a cobra. They bite. But these ones spit it out as a deterrent and try to hit animals in the eyes, predators in the eyes, those kind of things. So is that a poison? Is that a venom? Harder to say. And then there's the bombardier beetle, which is rather cool also. So this guy uh uses the their you know poison venom whatever, and and it shoots it, but it's doing it defensively so that's pretty active though it's shooting it at something uh to deter it, but it's it's not injecting it or biting it so so what is that exactly so anyway um it's gross couple, that's what it is it's gross it's cool it's so cool <laughs> um yeah I think it's it's what was another one that was kind of cool there's a slow loris so have you heard of that before
0: oh yeah the slow loris i actually wrote a paper about that in middle school
1: (laughs) no i've not heard of that okay 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 so so it's this um so it lives in southeast asia it's this uh like i think it's a type of primate and so what it does is it will, it has a, a gland like underneath its arm or something that has, we can cut all of this. Oh no, so, <laughs> we're keeping all of it, you nerd. So it has some toxins in that gland apparently, and it will, it will lick the gland and then can bite animals to deter them. generally it's more defensive, but that's using that as, you know, so is that a, is that toxin going to be a venom because it's biting them or is it not? But then it also, licks the gland and then licks itself to cover itself in the toxin to protect itself from predators that's actually kind of smart it's pretty smart it's not that yeah. sl- it's not a slow loris he's a smart loris
0: wow i love that for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we'll be we'll be cutting all of this and i'll be leaving the podcast forever after this segment but, um no i think it, it's it was uh, it was interesting
0: i mean there's poison and or venom in like every rpg so now
1: every rpg
0: going forward i will always think of this fond medical
1: moment of you teaching there you go well and, and most of the time you know so there'll be baddies that are animals that bite you so that one you know is that that seems almost more like a venom if they're biting you right but you generally are called poisoned right yeah that's true and most of the time when you have a weapon it's like a a dagger or a something sharp that you're also actively. So that's almost more like envenomating something than poisoning them. But we always say poison.
0: We just say poison. So So, everyone who's listening, (laughs)
1: go play live
0: alive. Actually. I mean, truly go play it. We don't do, we don't do scores or rankings really on, on this channel, but it is for me, it's, it's a top, let me pull up my list of video games I have.
1: Oh, you've got a list. Okay, I've you got pull a list that up. I'll say, I... I don't. I don't know that I have a list like that. But it is a fantastic RPG that has is relatively bite-sized compared to other ones. Um, a battle system that is more unique with the gr- with the seven by seven grid than you might have seen other places. The music will have you uh, humming it before you're done and and yeah, and it's it's it'll endear you to it by the end and it also won't take up a lot of your time. So those are my points for recommendation.
0: I mean you absolutely should play it. I love that it just it treats your time with respect the music is so engaging the characters, even the characters that you and I both saw as our least favorite character is still really fun. We just don't get to spend as much time with him it's Really fun. It's a simple battle system, but it's never boring. You know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, like like you mentioned, if you if you don't take the battle seriously, you can get you can still get wiped out by a trash mob if you You if you don't treat it slightly strategically. So yeah, I, I just took a look at, at my list. It's in my top 15 games of all time. Ooh. So I would, I would confidently put it in my top 10, honestly. So. It keeps moving up. It does, it does keep I moving think earlier up. earlier in
1: the episode, you said top 20. I did, I did, I did, it's, it's in my top, to top five, 10.
0: honestly. It's in my top one, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> nah, but it's it's in my, it's literally, on my list of like 13 games that i have that i'm like i've played these multiple times these are clearly games i love and 12 out of 13 of those games are rpgs
1: <laughs> it's a winner yeah if somebody's listening to this and like rpgs it's a winner it's one it's to a total winner
0: what else are you if they f- haven't
1: if they haven't already played it
0: if they i mean if they have played it just play it again then because it's really fun it's a little weekend game sam <laughs> I think I know the answer to this because I think we're playing the same thing right now because we're prepping for a giant episode in the future. But what are you playing right now?
1: I am playing Persona 3 Reload.
0: I am too. I'm playing it on the PS5. What are you playing it on?
1: I'm playing it on the Xbox uh, Series X.
0: Fun. Look out for that episode. It sometime this year though i feel like yeah who
1: knows when it'll finally be over
0: it'll be it'll be a while because i'm about 25 hours into it right now and the story is just now opening up
1: i think i'm 15 actual hours as i told dj i apparently didn't have it on an actual screen i had it on a some screen when i thought i was paused uh and i wasn't so when the next time i saved it it jumped by like 12 hours i hate but- that Ah, uh, who cares? Now it looks it's like I've right. put a lot more time into. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever. So this has been another fun episode of Turnbase Besties. You can find us on Instagram at Turnbase Besties. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Probably a few places that we don't know about. Probably. Go, go to our socials, let us know a game that you're excited about playing in 2024. You know, that's why we even covered Live Alive today is because someone let us know they're excited about this game. So that's why we're covering it. So we will actually read your email and try wow. try to, to do an episode if you suggest. You can email us at besties at gmail and let us know, do, do you know of a game that has a cool medical moment about poisoning or venoming your people. <laughs> That's every RPG. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> Tell us about all of them. Or honestly, yeah, on our socials, let us know your if you have played Live Alive. Gosh, I can't say it right. Let us know your favorite uh, character and why. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, we do. When everything in the world points right, maybe go left and see what you find. I'm Sam. And I am DJ. This is Turn-Based Besties.
0: Bye. Bye.